0: This is From Chaos to Peace with Connie, episode number 40, The Benefits of Strategic Planning with Michelle Henton, OAM. Welcome back, everyone. How are you doing? This is episode number 40 of the From Chaos to Peace podcast, where you learn how a few minutes a day can keep the chaos away. Thank you so much for allowing me back into your ears, because I'm very excited to welcome Michelle Hunton to the show today. Michelle is a multi-award winning business strategist an innovator, a mentor, and a facilitator of strategic planning workshops that provide a crystal clear pathway to achieving goals, large and small. Michelle and I will talk about how she found her jam with strategic planning and also how she's not only used it in her business and with her clients, but also for her private life. Listen in to hear how she made a very, very big goal of hers happen, to go live and work abroad for one year. We also talk about the awards she has won and whether or not she strategically planned to get them or not. (laughs) Okay, without further ado, let's jump into this conversation with Michelle Henton. Michelle I'm so excited and honored to have you on my podcast
1: thank you Connie it's a pleasure to be here thanks for asking me
0: well of course of course and we're talking about strategic planning which is something that I really like to talk about but first I would like to know a little bit more about you and how you found strategic planning for you and that 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 this is your jam
1: okay so it's um it didn't happen overnight. Like a lot of people, I've had a very varied career. Um, you know, starting my working life in London, working in the world of um, private banking, Swiss banks, Arab banks, etc., and moving around the world doing different different kinds of. Um, jobs, corporate work, etc., stints in government. But one of the things that, with hindsight, as I, as I got older, a little wiser perhaps, experienced, is I realized that, you know, everything comes down to what is known as strategic planning. Now, when you work in the corporate world, strategic planning is very boring and everybody's eyes glaze over and they go, oh, my God, no, I can't sit in a strategic planning meeting and um, they have to of course and what used to come out at the end is a great big bulky document like really bulky that um really was sitting in the back of the cupboard because nobody wanted to read it
0: whereas i don't think anybody ever reads that thing (laughs) at least from my experience (laughs) exactly
1: i think it was you know maybe i'm misjudging them but i think it was Uh, One of those things that you kind of had to do uh, in from the corporate perspective. But what I do, what my jam is uh, when I realized, you know, how important strategic planning is, when you think about. You have to have a direction that you're heading in. And to me, what a strategic plan is and all the big bulky ones are exactly the same. It's just they don't articulate it really simply in everyday person language, is it has a pathway. So you know where you're going. It's a very big picture. Um, And I really love working, particularly three years. They're usually three to five years, but my favorite is a three year. And so it's about where you want to go, knowing what that end goal is, and then figuring out and plugging in all the steps that will take you there. And there are a bunch of things, you know, it sounds really, um, really simple. And it is really simple, but simple should not be confused with easy.
0: Yeah, exactly. And so, of course, I have to ask now, since we both had the experience that these plans usually sit in the cupboard somewhere, if even anybody remembers that they even have one, they for sure don't remember what is in it. So how do you make sure with your clients that they actually do look at it and remember what's in it? (laughs) What's the trick?
1: Okay, so the trick is to keep it to two pages.
0: Okay, awesome. That sounds good. (laughs)
1: Yeah. And to actually have it um, really clear, nice two pages. And what I always say to my clients, because I mainly now work with small businesses, um, which is where I love to be, because you can really see the progress. And so coming back to small business, a lot of small businesses don't do strategic planning because they just think it's, you know, way too difficult. Um, And it is complex, as I say but they also can't afford to go through the process because you actually need to be guided through the process to come out with something that is workable to come out with this two-pager. So to answer your question, what I say is once it, once it's nailed down to those two pages, print it out, laminate it, and stick it on your office wall um, where you can see it. And refer back to it regularly and use it as a tool. I like to use the word your guiding star so that's how i see strategic planning being and when you've got your plan it becomes your guiding
0: star yeah i would have just called it the compass basically or like where you're heading and it's so funny because like a Especially when you start a new business or like that. From my experience, I come from the finance world too, like you. Um, people have so much resistance to planning, budgeting, and finances. And but nobody would get into like if they wanted to travel somewhere, nobody would just get in the car and start driving somehow <laughs> and wondering why they haven't arrived yet after three hours. And yet, then they start a business and have no clue. They just start, and so i don't know do you, um, how do you convince these people like or do do the ones that come to you are already convinced they need it, or do you can you convince people <laughs> that they need strategic planning so that is a that is a really great question, um Connie,
1: and the answer is is this: I don't think you can convince anybody they need strategic planning, and when people start a business. There are two kinds, one type of personality that plans everything out and they'll do the strategic planning, etc. And particularly if it's a business that's going to involve a lot of money and they're gonna to have to be borrowing money, they need to present a business plan to financial backers. So from your strategic plan comes your business plan. So they tend to have done that. But then the other group, which is the more common is the, People who are very enthusiastic, very passionate, know their subject and they decide to open a business. Now quite often, um, particularly my clientele, they come from a corporate world. And it's very different when you switch from corporate to working for yourself. Totally different because you have to provide your own paycheck. So what tends to have happened is they will have had money to start their business. They have been in business for maybe two years, two to five years usually, and they run into bumpy ground. And there's no clarity about where they're going. They're stuck. They may be losing their passion for what they've started. And this is where I can show them, this is why you need a strategic plan and here's how it's going to help your business. And that's what all of my clients basically end up doing is some strategic planning because then that gives them that as you use the word compass it gives them that compass but it gives them the steps by step what they need to put in place in order to achieve that goal of and reignite the passion for their business
0: yeah i could totally see that because if you don't have a plan you just going around and then it, it business gets hard and then you have no nothing to look forward to, you no? Know? And that's the other thing. That's the the soft thing that strategic planning gives you too, like that thing that you know where you want to end up to and you have it actually defined once. And what I feel too is like a lot of people never think where they actually want to go with it. So if you're going through strategic planning, you're actually really Thinking for yourself where you want to go, you know, and and then and then it, the motivation and the inspiration comes back once you revisit your two-page plan that you have on the wall. According to Michelle, <laughs> put that on the wall. Ah, yeah, but it's not according to
1: Michelle. It's according to to you, the per the per. I just draw it out, so uh I'm the bridge, if you like. Um, but the answers lie within the individual, and it's just a matter of having somebody who so my methodology is perhaps not so traditional but it's about having somebody that will draw help draw from you what is deep down but you have not explored and helping you get it down on paper and asking the difficult questions so that as you said connie you you end up with what you want and where you want to go and through that process what's super interesting is quite often people go you know what this isn't what I wanted at all. Um, yeah. It's been pressure, peer, like peer pressure almost. Everybody else is doing this, so I need to do this. Yeah. Um,
0: yeah. 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 Yeah, but that's that's a perfect segue to my next question. So I, I would assume that Um, strategic planning can help us in our personal life a lot, too. No, especially like if you just said that with the business you may come up with, oh, wait a second, that's actually not what I wanted to do. If you actually go into kind of a strategic planning for your personal life, you may figure out, too, that you're completely on the wrong path in your personal life. Have you had experience with that? I mean, yourself or with your clients?
1: Uh, Yes, I, I have on both fronts, but you know, let me tell you a little story from my personal um, side and how I used it. Yeah. To benefit myself. So what happened? Oh, it's probably about maybe 10 years ago now. Um, yeah, it's about 10 years ago now I decided that I wanted to go back to live in Europe and to work in Europe, but it, not in the UK. Right. Uh, on mainland Europe somewhere. So of course, um, I didn't have enough money to go and live for 12 months and not work, right? And the skills that I have, you know, all the strategic planning, all my um, business skills weren't going to cut it because I didn't have strength in the language, you know? I have a smattering of German, a smattering of Spanish, Italian, but not enough to actually work and um, command a good salary. Mm -hmm. So I'm thinking to myself, now, how do I do this? This is my... This is my goal. This is my ambition. And my marriage had broken up. And so I thought, you know what? And my daughter was um, about to finish university, you know, in a couple of years time. Thought, How do I make this happen for me? So I took everything that I teach my clients and show everybody else and I applied it to myself. So after doing my research, I came up with what I needed to do. So my goal was to live in Europe for 12 months, right? Mm-hmm. And to be able to earn money. I didn't care exactly how I did it, but I was able to eliminate a bunch of things. So corporate, out, right? Um, yeah. Front of house where I needed strong local language skills, out. So I was able to look at what was left for me. And what was left was to teach English. Mm-hmm. Now, you need qualifications. Speaking English is not enough. <laughs> uh so and you need a EU passport
0: <laughs> as well,
1: mm-hmm. which I had the right to. So I re- had to rejig my British passport, get that back again. So I have a EU passport, which is now out the door with Brexit. But um, more importantly, it was to learn to teach English. So I enrolled in a um, course. It took me four years to go through this process. Uh, at the end of which I had my teaching English as a second language qualifications. Mm -hmm. I worked um, the business as well. And what I did is I volunteered uh, because I needed practical hands-on teaching experience. I volunteered in the um, migrant resource center and um, for refugees coming into Australia. And that gave me my teaching qualification and allowed me to go through the exam. Mm -hmm. So in the end, that's what I was able to do. Uh, I got a job in Spain and I lived there for 12 months. But in the meantime, I also needed to supplement my teaching income. I went on Upwork because they have this big siesta in Spain. So you only work a few hours a day teaching. I went on Upwork and I put myself out there as a freelancer. And closed my business down for basically twelve months, um, my consultancy, while I had my um, sabbatical.
0: <laughs> but it <laughs> all came the- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that's awesome. Four years. I mean, that's you. You were committed. You really wanted to to go to Europe. So that that is awesome. And and um, you probably without strategic planning, you probably wouldn't have made it there no it may have just stayed a dream exactly exactly and so uh,
1: my message here is always to say you have to take actions to make your dreams a reality and every you know every dream if you are able to analyze it and to put uh, goals around it and steps uh, to take you there you will achieve it but it's got to be very strategically mapped out and you need to know what you're doing and follow
0: it each step of the way. Mhm. And what do you say to people who say i don't want to be strapped into something so rigid like a strategic plan? Do you have like less rigid? <laughs> rigid oh, this is, yeah, this is the thing. It's not it's not really
1: so rigid. If So let's let's rewind a little bit. It's not so rigid if you are clear on what you want to achieve. So that's what you want to achieve. So your vision, your mission, that usually doesn't change, right? Mm -hmm. How you get there can change. Yeah. So the route that you take may change, and when you've got this this plan in place, you've got your KPIs, key performance indicators, or um, milestones, whatever word you want to to use. You've got these little goalposts along the way. Now, something may come along, say an opportunity in your life or a family hiccup, etc., that throws you off kilter, and You can't be rigid. You can't say, well, I have to do that, that, and that. But what you can say is that's my goal. That's where I'm going. I'm going there in three years or I'm going there in five years. That's what I said. I still want to do that, but this is what's happened. Mm -hmm. You can tweak how you get there. And if an opportunity comes along, particularly for small businesses, or even on the personal level, what I call shiny objects.
0: Yeah. That's the the dangerous part. I think these days that's the dangerous part. And that's why strategic plan is so important and that you actually, whenever an opportunity comes along, that you actually compare that with your strategic plan and make sure you, it's in line with where you want to go and not just some nice uh, detour or, or some diversion from it. And I feel too, it's like uh, sometimes, uh, what I come across is that shiny objects, they become even shinier when the steps in your strategic plan are maybe a little uncomfortable and you're kind of start wondering over here, you know.
1: Exactly, yeah. exactly. And then what, and what I always say to, to people is ask yourself this question. If I pursue this object, is it going, is it taking me where I want to go? And yeah. if you can answer yes then by all means pursue that um, because it's a different way of getting to your final objective. Yes.
0: yes.
1: So that's the thing you've got to have, you know, life is uncertain. So you've got to have that flexibility. We can't be too rigid and that's why most people in small business are working for themselves because they, they want that flexibility. They want that freedom. Yeah.
0: Yeah
1: have to follow what the boss says you know we have to do this and we have to do that
0: well especially when you come from corporate where where it's like a mammoth (laughs) you know is there you know and and like we said there is these huge plans that actually after you you birth them in hours and hours of meetings nobody looks at them (laughs) ever again so yeah you you want to stay flexible you want to stay you want to stay the course, but you want to stay flexible in how you, how you get where you want to go. Exactly. Now I have a very cheeky question for you because I know you do have a lot of awards. So I wanted to know, was that, did, was that strategically planned that you get all these awards? No,
1: not at all. Not (laughs) at all. Um, I've, yes, I've got, I've got a lot of awards and, um, what i always say is they come that kind of thing happens if you're doing a good job um you know the accolades will come but if you set out specifically to achieve them i don't think that's the right approach to anything because you're not um you're not you're not really giving back to your community you're not really developing you're just focused on on looking good and I think if you talk to the bulk of people who have won these kind of awards, um, the, the awards are secondary. And I, I have this thing, um, which I do talk about um, in some of the speeches I've given, which is it's not the winning that matters. It's what comes after the winning. So it's what you do um, before you have got the award. But then more importantly, is what do you do after it? Uh, an award you know it's just a title it's just maybe a nice little um certificate or a check or a nice little shiny thing to put on your mantelpiece but that's not important um
0: it's inanimate
1: it is but it's a recognition
0: for what you're doing and it's um so I, I knew your answer would be that way, but I still wanted to ask it because That's uh, so fun. <laughs> because I always need to ask some cheeky questions. <laughs> so, is there one of these awards that you're most proud of, or that you're that, that um, you that you can actually use the most now? At, like you said, it's what you do after with it. That you that you're most proud of, and that that you can use the best now after you receive that?
1: Okay, so there are, there are two. So the first, the first one is the Telstra Businesswoman's Award, which is a very prestigious award in Australia. And uh, it was when I won it, which is some years ago now, um, it was widely recognized and I got letters of congratulations from all these people that I really hadn't heard of, <laughs> which was very nice, <laughs> and it opens the doors. So when you have that title, you know, Telstra Businesswoman of the year and it opens doors. People sit up and listen because it's judged by uh, an independent professional panel of accountants and all these other high flyers, corporate high flyers. Um, so I was very proud of that one and it was great leverage. It still has to this day, a lot of leverage and it opens up an alumni that you enter and there's all sorts of things that go on from a business perspective it's Mm -hmm. great the other one that um, i'm very honored to have received is the order of australia medal which is awarded by her majesty the queen um, because we're commonwealth and it's in the queen's birthday honors and what happens with that one i have since found out is you are you are nominated and it takes about two years for them to go through this whole nomination process and vet you, etc. and decide whether that will be um, bestowed upon you um,
0: Mm -hmm. by Her
1: Majesty. So I was very, very um, surprised, um, overwhelmed, very proud to receive that um, for for my work, my contribution to women's health.
0: Yeah. So who who did nominate you then? What that was that not you? The way I understand that wasn't you. That was these.
1: Yeah, none of these awards uh, were eligible for self nomination. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Oh, I okay. Don't, to this day, yeah. I don't know. It's a group of people that are involved. Um, I know that part of the nomination process is they have to have. Um, a pile of referees for you they have to have uh letters of support they have to talk about what you've done that makes you stand out from from the rest of the people do what you've done that's special so and that goes to an awards committee to to vet um so it's quite a complex process yeah since i received the award i found out more about the pro the nomination process and how it mm-hmm. works um mm-hmm. yeah and yeah, i was always definitely- a little in- Yeah, I was always a little, um, what should I say? I didn't like to use the title OAM uh, and I felt, you know, a bit reluctant to use it. And a dear friend of mine, she's since passed away, her name was Anna Wellings Booth. And she said to me, she said, Michelle, I need to tell you something. A lot of people went to a lot of trouble to nominate you for this award. You've got it. Now you need to use that title otherwise you are disrespecting their efforts. Wow. Mm, yeah. I went Wow.
0: Well, <laughs> I never thought of it like that. So now I use it. Yeah. And so you should. I think you can be very, very proud of that. And in turn, I'm very, very honored to have you on the show. And also like we know each other a little bit better because we're working on a, on a project together, collaboration together with Julie. And uh, so I'm really honored too, to have you as my friend and to, that you were on my podcast. So do you have any last words of wisdom or a secret tip that you want to really get out before we, uh, we wrap this up? I think
1: um, words of wisdom secret tip uh, what I want to say to anybody listening to anybody who feels um, overwhelmed confused etc believe in yourself the strength lies within you uh, no one else can um, can give you that and no one can take it away from you you may need guides, you may need mentors, and they will come into your life naturally at the right time, as long as you believe in yourself and the power that you have. Don't give that away.
0: Yeah, beautiful, beautiful, Michelle. Uh, Thank you so much for being on a podcast and for sharing your life story a little bit with us how you got to strategic planning and um i hope most people clue off now that it doesn't have to be that huge package somewhere in the drawer but that it can be a two-page on your wall that inspires you every day yeah yes absolutely
1: thank you connie it's been my very great pleasure
0: yeah thanks so much bye-bye bye Bye. (laughs) Okay, my friends, that was my conversation with Michelle Hunton, OAM, and how strategic planning is your guiding star in business and life. Do you believe it now? (laughs) Are you ready to make a strategic plan for the next three years for your business and life as well? If you want to find out more about Michelle and her business Dragon Sisters, you find all the links of the things we were talking about in the show notes and the show notes you find at conigraph.com forward slash podcast forward slash 40. That is ConnieGraph, C-O-N-N-Y, com forward slash podcast forward slash 40. And if I could ask you for a favor, I'd really love it if you would help me out and go to Apple Podcasts and write a review for this podcast, (laughs) preferably a five-star review, of course. This will help that more people find it and can move from chaos to peace in their life and business. Also, share it with one or two of your friends who have big dreams and goals, especially this episode, so they can start moving towards it. Thank you for joining me on today's episode and listen all the way to the end. Have a beautiful and amazing week and please subscribe so you never miss an episode. See you next time. Take good care.